Welcome to S2 Underground, a freelance intelligence agency fighting terrorism, fake news, and political tyranny around the world. I'm the trouble star, punkin' instigator. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Underground. Well, it is that time again. Election Day is upon us once more. Um, we wanted to put this very short uh, podcast episode out uh, just as kind of a, a precursor to the election and sort of our plans moving forward through it. Um, a lot of people out there, everybody from, you know, YouTubers to other podcasters to, uh, you know, think tanks and even you know, military organizations have put out what they think could, could happen uh, on Election Day. And uh, honestly, I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. We have no idea. Uh, we have no idea what could happen. Um, we do know that there are some left and right limits, like we're fairly confident that World War III is not going to break out. And we're you know, fairly confident that a you know, major hostile, hostile action on U.S. soil is not going to break out. Um, but we also don't believe that nothing is going to happen, right? So uh, just wanted to put this out there um, to sort of talk about some random thoughts and, uh, and, and preparations we're taking uh, leading up to the election. Uh, so first off is going to be our battle tracking in Keybase. Now, for those of you that don't know, um, we have a Keybase server, and it's much like our old Discord server before they uh, kicked us off. Um, we're going to be tracking things uh, as live as we can. Um, usually there's a couple of dozen people in there that hop on scanners in their local areas or even not in their local areas and help us out by providing absolutely critical uh, things that are set on the scanners for you know, those of us who don't have time to listen to scanner traffic for four or five hours straight. Uh, some people out there are, are very, are very uh, good Samaritans and they uh, tend to listen to scanner traffic and let us know what's going on. So uh, to those of you that have helped us out battle tracking in Keybase before, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And we hope that you can uh, do it again. Uh, and, and contribute as much as possible on Election Day because things are going to get kind of crazy. So um, you're getting ready to see us drop a, uh, a message in Keybase. By the time this airs, it will probably already be in the Keybase uh, server um, talking about how uh, we're going to create a channel uh, in the Keybase that is specifically for tracking this Election Day craziness stuff. Um, we're going to uh, keep all, all sort of rioting domestic type stuff to that uh, channel. Uh, feel free to post stuff about, you know, like political numbers coming in if you if you're, you know, want to do that sort of thing. But keep in mind that that chat, uh, that channel is going to get very, very busy. So uh, from that Election Day uh, channel, that's what the name of it's going to be is Election Day. Please make sure that if you're tracking a specific riot, uh, that doesn't have a uh, a specific channel for it, like in you know Boise, Idaho. We don't have a channel for Boise, Idaho. Um, but if if there's something going down in Boise, Idaho, right? Please make sure to annotate that in your comment because it's kind of confusing when you have 18 people um, saying, "Oh, they're surrounding the Capitol." Well, I where which Capitol, right? Because there's there's 50, so um, we've got to we've, we've got to try to stay as organized as possible. And you guys are usually pretty good about it. Um, our, our usually our best battle trackers are, are very good in, at uh, dropping the stuff in the right room. But if there is a room for uh, a riot location or some kind of craziness going down, please drop it in that room. But if there isn't a room like some of these smaller towns, you know, like Bowling Green, Kentucky, there's no room for that, right? So just drop that in the general election day uh, channel. 
and we'll uh, we'll track it like that. Now, of course, if there's something that goes down that's really atrocious or it's it's taking up a lot of traffic and try intending to drown out other stuff, we'll do what we always do, of course, and create another channel. It's just that Keybase has made it a really big pain in the butt to uh, uh, let us create channels. We can create channels really easily, but then uh, no one no one has joined the channel. You have to go in and uh, join the channel manually. And if we wanted to pull everybody in, we can do that, but it takes a lot of clicks. We have to click basically everybody's name and manually bring them in, and then it's just kind of a mess. So um, we're trying to avoid creating new channels, but I'm sure that we will have to uh, based on the craziness that's bound to happen on election day. Uh, also in the key base, please make sure if you have not already done so, go in and for the S2 only channel, um, make sure to turn the notifications for that channel on. Uh, we're not going to spam and we're not going to be dropping updates at all in that channel unless they are of an oh my gosh emergency incident. So um, that's what we're going to be doing. The S2 only channel will really be for hey, this is something that all of you need to see, and this is something that affects everyone. So um, that's that's uh, that's what we'll use that channel for. We're not going to use it like we did before in Battle Track from that channel. We're in a Battle Track along with everybody else in the respective uh, respective rooms of whatever is going on. Um, also, uh, sort of along the same fronts, uh, if you're going to turn on your notifications for the S2 only channel, please make sure to don't not use the sort of at channel or at everyone hashtags um, unless there's like end of the world intel that everybody needs to see. Uh, because folks are going to be relying on the notifications from the S2 only channel and we don't want people to get kind of annoyed with, you know, uh, things going around. So. Um, I know this is you know this is not not an issue normally, but I we've got a huge feeling that our key base is getting ready to get really disorganized. So we're trying to kind of head that off because uh, we're trying to be as as helpful as we can, right? And it, we you know we don't want anybody frustrated. So that's that's uh, that's uh, really the goal. Um, also, uh, in the event that our key base goes down, of course we've thought of this uh, before and we have a really well thought out comm plan and we've noticed that we have roughly half or so of the people that are in our key base are also in the backup to the key base which is on Slack. Um, so that will be the backup for that. Uh, everything is on Slack. We'll be doing a few test messages on Slack just to make sure that they it still works. Um, it's kind of a dead platform right now. Nobody really posts on it because it's it's an alternate. That's all it is. Um, but in the event that Keybase goes crazy and they shut all their stuff down, uh, we'll be continuing the updates from Slack. Uh, and then if that goes down, of course, we have the rest of our comm plan. Um, and we're, we're also preparing for the contingency that... Uh, the big four, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Google, um, might either voluntarily take their stuff offline or they might um, involuntarily be shut down. Um, we're, not, we're not, of course, planning for the Internet to be, um, like, taken offline uh, around the world that that doesn't that can't really happen um, but what can happen is Twitter can say oh we're just going to take our website down for the next 24 hours um, and as we already know Instagram has already started uh, so they've censored every hashtag on their own platform so we know that they might just hit that red button and uh, smash that sucker and shut down all traffic on their website so um, we have uh, a little over 5,000 followers on Instagram. 
we have one-tenth of that in our key base. Um, and key base is where most of the hard work gets done. So if you're following us on Instagram, please jump over to key base. I know that it's less convenient. I know that it's not as sexy as Instagram is. Um, but we, we treat Instagram as basically like a, hey, this is what we're doing on other platforms uh, type uh, setup. So um, Instagram is going around that we just survived another another purge um, today that went around. We, they got a, a bunch of like pro-liberty groups. So we're expecting to be shut down there on Instagram as well. Um, we're surprised we haven't had that happen already. Um, but if that's the case, we'll move to our alternate on Instagram. But, you know, once again, we're on from roughly 5,000, uh, you know, people that we're reaching down to about 2,000 uh, on our alternate account and then down to 500 on our key base. Um, so that's, uh, that's something. And then less than 200 on Slack. So um, keep in mind is that if we get the ban hammer all at once, we're kind of screwed and only we're going down from a little over 5,000 people down to less than 200 are going to get our live updates. Um, and then even fewer than that, we'll, we'll be able to follow up with the, the rest of the comm plan that we have laid out with like amateur radio and stuff. So um, just keep in mind that we have this, we've got this planned out, but um, uh, it's going to require a little bit of action on, uh, on everyone's part if they want to um, get everything and have as little interruption as possible because uh, that's really the goal. Um, now, speaking of, if if something, if the worst happens, well, this wouldn't be the worst, but say the worst happens for social media and Twitter goes down, Instagram goes down, Facebook decides to not let anybody post anything on election day. Um, if that happens, we're going to lose a lot of resources for Intel, and uh, not only just for maintaining comms with us, but you know for collecting on sort of hostile actions in our area, right, and and, and in your area as well. So. Um, if that happens, we're going to be jumping to our contingency and our contingency for the contingency that is on our comp plan, right? Um, but don't be afraid if this happens. Um, it will most likely be temporary because these social media giants, um, they're going to lose a lot of money the longer that they're down. Um, so just keep that in mind is that they'll probably bounce back immediately if they choose to shut down. Um, also, uh, if we go dark or if the internet or some of these social media sites go dark in our local area, um, you know, don't be afraid about that either. Uh, it'll be back pretty soon. Um, but in this situation, a small AM FM radio, it would be king, right? Um, a shortwave radio or a police scanner would be even better, uh, if you had both of those, uh, which is why we have over the past few months been talking about that stuff. So, um, at least you'll be able to get some information. I'm pretty sure everybody's got some kind of AM FM radio in their house. So if, if that happens, um, that, that's something uh, that you can use as well. And if you have a short wave radio, you might actually be able to hear us uh, on the airwaves, so um, depending on where you're located. But uh, moving on to another topic, um, sort of for our battle trackers, but this also applies to really everyone uh, online, is the concept of OPSEC. Uh, so remember um, from the whole Kenosha thing, uh, reporters... Um, so-called journalists, right? Uh, a lot of BLM leadership and even uh, Antifa intelligence agents, you know, such that they are, right? Um, they're definitely in our Keybase server and they will dox you if they get the chance. So please remember that um, sharing information with us or on our platforms is secondary to your personal safety, right? Your personal safety is number one. Um, that's why we never will encourage people to go out and get info for us in the first place. 
um, but also remember that the info you share might be used against you. So um, before every post, um, before every keystroke, ask yourself, can this information be used to target me? And if the answer is yes, do not post that information. Uh, we would rather have no information than to jeopardize our sources, um, as well as the safety of the people uh, who rely on our intelligence. So. Um, just keep that in mind. Uh, just be smart about it. I know that everybody, uh, usually our, uh, our definitely our podcast audience and most of the, most of the people uh, in our keybase are very very good at this, um, and a lot of our heavy contributors on other platforms as well are, are are great at this. But it's just something to keep in mind. That, you know, obsec is a lifestyle. It's not just a, a habit. You know, that, that we do every now and then. It's a whole lifestyle change, right? So something to keep in mind. Um, and as far as other more practical preparations, uh, we've covered this stuff before, um, and others far, far more experienced than us have covered this. Um, so it would be really redundant to go down the extremely long list of preps in such a short time frame. Um, if you're trying to become, you know, become a prepper right before the election day, um, it's probably a little bit too late. Plus, we figured that most people have already made the preparations that they're going to make, and now we're just here, you know, playing the waiting game, waiting for election day, right? Um, but, uh, however, uh, here is a very short list of last-minute things that you can do right now. Um, number one is check batteries uh, for your weapons, you know, optics, flashlights, phones, even smoke detectors, right? Uh, checking batteries is, is something that's easy to do. It's kind of like your sort of pre-mission check, make sure all your stuff works, right? Uh, another thing you do is, is fill up the bathtub with water on election day just in case, you know, your local utilities have a little bit of issues with, you know, rioting or stuff like that. Um, make sure that while it's still daylight out um, that you have locked up what you're going to lock up. Like, you know, fences, gates, things like that. Don't wait until dark uh, to go outside and, and lock those things up, right? If you've got, like, outdoor furniture or something like that on your property, you might want to bring it inside for the night if you're in a sort of urban area. You know, anything that's not bolted down is, is um, liable to be stolen or uh, liable to be picked up and thrown, right? So uh, that's just something to, to keep in mind. Uh, also, it would be handy to have a fire extinguisher or two sort of pre-staged or strategically located in your house. You know, break that bad boy out uh, from its cardboard box, you know, pull it out from under the kitchen sink and have it ready to go, you know, just in case. Uh, make sure it's still charged and all that, right? Another good thing is to make sure your IFAC is good to go. Make sure that nothing's um, that nothing has uh, sort of expired or... Um, usually things on IFACs don't really expire that, that much, but make sure like, um, like the shrink wrap on some things like, you know, gauze and stuff hasn't broken and things have gotten wet, you know, just make sure that all your stuff's still good. Um, along to, along with the medical sort of category, make sure that you know the route to your local hospital. Um, uh, make sure that you know how to get to your hospital, avoiding major surface roads and on foot, just in case the roads are shut down, right? And if you're like us and you're planning to stay up all night, um, tracking what's going on, or uh, in our case, uh, tracking our local riots, um, make sure that you've got enough stuff to, to, to stay awake. Um, I know it's, it's, still, it's a weekday, and um, we ourselves have to go back to work the next day as well, so we feel your pain, but um, caffeine goes a long way uh, for us. So um, if you could stand watching shifts, that would be ideal, but not everybody has that uh, opportunity. I know some of our guys are going to be pulling an all-nighter 
uh, and then having to go back to work at five in the next morning. So uh, hearts out to those guys. But also switching topics a little bit, make sure that if you have pets and you have to evacuate, uh, make sure that they have leashes and food and water and food and water dishes and, you know, also to eat and drink out of, you know, just in case. I think that when we're talking about our last minute preparations for trying to get out of an area, uh, we tend to forget our, uh, our little uh, furry ones um, just, uh, just in case. Uh, another thing that would be handy to have is a sort of family password if you haven't already. We've, bri we've briefly mentioned this, but I'm not sure. I think that it was kind of fleeting and not many people um, uh, kind of picked up what we were throwing down. Um, but sort of like a, a challenge code, right? Like a military challenge code, uh, but not quite as uh, tactical or military, right? You know, the whole uh, thunder flash thing from Saving Private Ryan or other military movies is, you know, it's all tactical and cool and whatnot, but kids won't remember it. And chances are the members of your family that aren't like military, you know, thinkers, they're probably not going to remember it either. Um, but it would be handy to have a, a, a password or two. Usually we recommend two. Um, one password, which is like a, a normal password, like one to confirm, you know, like, um, that your kid can ask, what's the password? And you say whatever word it is and they'll say, okay, they'll know that you're genuine. And then another password, which is basically to immediately call 911, basically like a duress code, right? So that if your kid hears it in conversation, um, they can know to immediately call 911. Uh, drop what they're doing and call uh, call the police. So that's a that's something that's kind of handy to have. Um, I know it's kind of scary to think about, and it's very concerning, and 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 maybe sounds a little bit paranoid to think about. But this is you know this is just basic preparedness, right? Even though it it, it may seem to be a little bit um, uh, unorthodox at times. Um, also, uh, moving along to a more current uh, intelligence threat that we have, um, the concept of U-Haul vehicles. Now, we've gotten several DMs from people um, around the country, and we have been monitoring this as well. Um, basically, a lot of U-Haul vehicles and um, sort of rent uh, uh, rental vehicles um, for container trucks and things like that, uh, they've been sold out in a lot of major cities around America, and that's because... Uh, Antifa and BLM have been renting these out and uh, having or, or filling them up and having them pre-staged. We've seen in several cities around America, um, police and military people uh, intercept uh, U-Hauls filled with uh, explosives and guns and things like that uh, that were meant to uh, be handed out to rioters uh, so that they can harm as many people as possible, right? So U-Haul vehicles and other rental uh, style vehicles are definitely a security threat. And they are uh, a concern for this uh, for the next few days, right? So for us, um, we recommend to avoiding all U-Hauls if you can, um, you, especially the smaller ones that are more maneuverable. I mean, the larger ones and things like that that are a little harder to drive, um, those tend to, to, to get a little bit more um, uh, more uh, of a... Uh, their larger ones that are a little uh, harder to drive around tend to not be used for this purpose because they're hard to get into tight spaces. But um, it, regardless, all rental vehicles that are of a cargo capacity should be treated as suspect, right? You know, make note of where they're parked and sort of avoid the area. Basically treat U-Haul vehicles like you do suspicious packages, right? Or like a backpack somebody left on a park bench or something, right? And of course, if something doesn't doesn't seem right, you know, make sure you call nine one one. Call the call the police on this. 
Um, whatever your feelings are uh, about the police and calling 911, you've got to remember that they're the first point of contact and really the only entity that has an EOD or explosive ordnance disposal capability that you can actually call. I mean, the only other entity it is like that's not federal law enforcement is the military, and you can't exactly phone up your local National Guard um, unit and ask them to come check out a U-Haul that's suspicious. But no, you call the police, right? So... You know, and also remember to, 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 to keep things in perspective once again as well. You know, a U-Haul that's parked in front of, you know, a residential house, eh, that might be normal, might be nefarious, right? It's on the fence. But, you know, if there's a U-Haul parked in front of a shuttered, uh, closed business, you know, on a public street, you know, with obvious Antifa members driving and interacting with it, yeah, that's a little bit more sketchy than, you know, just a U-Haul parked in some, you know, subdivision or something. And in keeping with the theme of perspective, um, try to remember and consider uh, what, what's actually going on versus what your idealistic situation would be. Um, I think a lot of times we get caught up in, in, in trying to force ourselves into believing our own ideology at times, and we don't quite uh, see the threats that are right in front of our face. Like, for instance, um, we know that a large portion of people that are, you know, either follow us on social media or in Keybase or even here on the podcast, we know that there is a lot of anti-law enforcement, anti-military uh, sentiments. There's, you know, people that just, you know, dislike uh, either one or sometimes both of those institutions um, along with, you know, the, the rioters as well. And these, you know, anti-law enforcement sentiments are not necessarily uh, unwarranted in some cases, but, you know, like we've been saying since, really, since day one, is that we don't paint everyone with a broad brush. You know, we don't, you know, put down a whole entire, you know, agency, uh, but nor do we say that an entire agency is good, right? So it's, it's very difficult to paint with broad strokes. But we can say that it is very unlikely for, uh, you know, when rioting is going on in your city, it is very unlikely for the police to be, um, the ones setting buildings on fire, you know, harming and, and, and um, damaging property and things like that. There, that is very, very one-sided. So while we can sit back most of the time and try to armchair quarterback and try to try to, you know, uh, shoehorn our own ideas and try to, okay, well, let me try to think about how to, how I make this certain event fit my own ideology. Right. Sometimes we have to realize that, uh, you know, our ideology can change, you know, our, our opinion can change and we are not forced to agree or disagree with any group of people. Right. So even though, yes, we understand that it's cool to, to not take a side. Like I know the, the, the cool thing to do nowadays is to, to not take a side, which is essentially what we have done, you know, when talking about politics or, or like the state of governance, right? Like we just don't really take a side. We have opinions, sure, and we share them on specific issues, but broadly speaking, really none of us here have a side, so to speak, right? Um, but when the cards are down and, you know, you're either getting shot at or your city's on fire or something like that, you're going to have to be forced to, um, or, or you might be forced to cooperate 
and work with uh, groups that you previously had a hard time with. Like just take us for instance, you know, I, I, um, I sometimes think that our, uh, our anti-law enforcement attitude is, is more pronounced uh, than, it, than it really should be. Um, but, and we can't exactly talk about our own personal experiences too much, but you know, we can say that from where we're at in our specific jurisdiction, in our local area, um, we've got a pretty tyrannical system going on here. And it's not the case throughout the entirety of the state, but in our little local area, it is very much a not a good um, police department, right? That being said, it also must be noted that when rioting is going on and when our city's burning down and we're having, you know, we're getting our vehicles shot at and things like that, um, it is very, very clear who the, the good guy and the bad guy is in that situation, right? Or if nothing else, it's very clear as to where the threats are coming from, right? So we don't want to, uh, you know, try to stick to a side or try to say something like, oh, well, you know, the government's not so bad. Like, no, we understand that, that government agencies and our local, everybody from our local police department to our nation's highest, you know, our nation's highest offices and things like that and agencies, um, we know that tyranny is a thing and oppression is definitely a thing. Um, but at the same time, if you're going to force us to choose between getting, you know, shot at and and having our stuff burned down and getting assaulted and things by rioters or you know you know letting our police and our military uh, do what they've got to do to stop that from happening you know we're gonna have to choose at some point we're gonna have to sort of pick a side if nothing else for more, no more than you know five minutes right and we can get back to and we can get back to the uh, to the, the the philosophical the the armchair the uh, the the opinions that we can have from a position of comfort because you know I, I can tell you that when when stuff's going down we don't necessarily have the the luxury of trying to figure out oh, okay how does this action I'm about to take fit in with my ideology oh wait no I shouldn't be friends with those people because they've been tyrannical to me in the past um, so I should be friends with these people over here like no that's you know that, that's not exactly the thought process where we're going down um, but we do know that in times of emergency, weird stuff happens. And, you know, just like the sort of sentiment that I would take a tyrannical uh, government, a tyrannical United States government, a tyrannical justice system, a tyrannical legislature, a tyrannical, um, you know, executive branch, I would take a tyrannical United States system over something like a Russian invasion any day, right? And sort of taking that idea and that sort of thought process and applying it to what's going on in the United States, we can generally speaking say um, that, uh, you know, our personal opinion is that we would much rather, we would be more likely to view, uh, if we're forced to choose between who's the good guy and who's the bad guy, um, it, the dude who's throwing the Molotov cocktail at my house, that guy is the threat, right? Right now, I am not in direct threat of, you know, in tyranny, right? It's, you know, even though um, we think that the battle that we're going to be fighting further on down the line, well, the battle we're already fighting right now with agencies like the ATF is tyranny, right? There's definitely a tyranny component to it, right? But that's the position of comfort from which we 
can theorize things, right? We can talk about how tyranny is a bad thing, right? Good luck discussing tyranny when you're getting shot at or you have Molotovs being thrown at you. So when, when the cards are down, the dude who is the direct threat to me are going to be the rioters, right? Now, the long-term threats are, of course, uh, you know, government overreach from things like that. But we've got to remember that that's a thing. And we also have to remember, look at the, the side of, look from the perspective of, you know, your National Guard soldiers, your local police, right? So, yeah, there are a lot of complex issues going around. Um, there are a lot of very difficult choices that are having to be made by everyone uh, involved. So, if nothing else, even if you don't respect a certain group, even if you don't respect a law, you know, law enforcement agency, even if you don't respect rioters, if you don't respect citizens, it, it's not about respect, right? It's about being able to recognize, see through your own opinions and feelings on things, and see what's going on, right? And see the see what's actually happening and that's what we're trying to do here it's very hard to do right because we're all viewing the world through a series of lenses right that are very difficult to change out um, but we we do have to remember though that there's a lot of complex stuff going on and at the end of the day like you know like I've it, like I've said before it really all boils down to like look most of the things that we talk about on the podcast most of the things that we talk about, you know, on social media and stuff like that, it, it, we're coming at that from a position of luxury, right? We have the ability to sit down and type on a keyboard and have a thought about something, right? You're not going to be thinking about anything else when a Molotov's getting thrown at you. So let's let, let's remember that. Let's let's realize, you know, from you know which perspective we're viewing things, right? Let, rather than getting caught up in the oh you know the good guy bad guy thing, let's 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 uh, try to um, understand what's what's really going on and uh, have uh, at least respect for the for the people that are truly in the the middle of the mess and the fray, right? So, you know, I think a lot of times, like I said before, we get caught up in um, sort of ragging on or you know putting down law enforcement agencies right um, to, to be honest we, we very rarely you know critique certain you know officers within law enforcement it's just the whole nature of how you know law enforcement operates is it's a very sticky subject right like we've talked about before um, and I think that a lot of times you know we, we fully realize that you know the capabilities that are there are are you know tr troubling right which is what we have talked about before right but let's remember that over the past year a lot of stuff has changed in the law enforcement community and the atmospherics are very very different than they were um, this time last year right whatever your feelings are on it um, one thing that is absolutely true is that if you were a good, wholesome, good-hearted police officer who absolutely upholds the Constitution, takes out real bad guys, you know, does does what you know your your classic you know Jim and Pete from Adam Twelve type policing, right? The the good you know stereotype of being a good police officer, right? If you are that kind of police officer, now is not a good time to be a police officer, right? All of the stuff that's happened has just made all of the good officers want to quit, right? So 
you know, it, it's like every all of this criticism and 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 well, maybe not criticism is the right word, but like all of this targeting and things like that, and even their own department turning on the good officers, right? While at the same time protecting the bad ones in some cases. It, we have to remember, though, that if you were, were, you know, America has basically poisoned the well and made it very, very hard for good police officers to stay, right? So if we ever had a chance at having a, a good justice system in America, we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot with, when it comes to that. You know, so that's something to, to keep in mind and to remember, right, is that right now is not a good time to be a good cop, right? So, and I know that's probably a controversial thing to say at this point in time. Like, who knew, <laughs> who knew that, that saying it was, you know, that, that saying that would be uh, a controversial thing, but I guess that kind of points as to where we're at now. Um, but yeah, it just, just keep in mind, um, you know, perspective and remember who the who who the threat is at the right time right we can address the, you know items of tyranny at a later date but when you know my neighbor is throwing molotov cocktails at cars in the street i've got a little bit of a different problem i can't have a rational conversation with that person at that point about tyranny or things like that you know i'm not going to not call 911 because i'm afraid that you know what the police might do when they show up like look there's no one else that can do it right so um, you know, that's just our, our sort of feelings on that. So, yeah, I know that was kind of a, a very confusing, meandering, uh, and not so coherent uh, sidebar, but I feel like it's something that we needed to talk about because, you know, like I said, uh, we sometimes think that our you know, perspective gets a little bit, uh, gets a little bit off track, right? So that's something to keep in mind. And finally, we wanted to end on a note of just keeping things in perspective once again. Uh, we wanted to remind everyone out there to sort of, you know, remember, uh, remember the kids uh, and the children in this sort of uh, scenario. Um, there's a lot of heavy stuff going on, and um, there are some things that we must consider when it comes to small children. Now, of course, we would never want to tell anyone how to be a parent. Um, but we did want to remind everyone that sometimes we ourselves get caught up in what's going on and we forget sometimes that maybe the little ones shouldn't be a part of certain adult conversations, right? Um, and considering that most people tend to watch the election results come in, you know, live on TV, uh, it might be a good idea to keep an eye on that as well. Um, pretty much every single mainstream media source is basically just spewing the most noxious hate nowadays. And it's certainly anxiety-inducing. I mean, I get heartburn every time I have to watch you know, mainstream media. So I can't imagine how much fear might be conveyed to young ones from the media. So that's something to remember for election night as well. And, you know, finally, we wanted to say, just remember to, to keep calm. Um, whatever happens, uh, the sun is going to rise in the morning. Um, rioters eventually get tired and have to go home and sleep. You know, fires eventually go out or are put out, right? Um, and remember, like everything we've said before, um, things always seem worse than they really are at the time. You know, hindsight usually conveys the real severity of what happened. Uh, so keep that in perspective, you know, even though it may seem like, you know, it's never going to end or it may seem like things are really bad, just remember perspective, right? 
And with that, that's all we've got for this very short episode. Um, so we'll be on Keybase or Slack or whatever, and we'll see you next time. And though we hope we never actually have to, always remember to fight in the shade. That's to actual out.